0: The first lesson tonight starts with a promise, a promise that the prophets had made, telling us about the coming of God's Son, our new Messiah. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, And with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and righteousness and faithfulness, the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Our second lesson
1: continues in Micah. But you
0: Bethlehem, though you are
1: small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the end of the earth. And he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land
2: and march through our fortresses. The third lesson. God keeps the promise. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her.
3: The fourth lesson. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to, to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house of a family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The fifth lesson continues from Luke. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors.
2: Our sixth lesson continues the story from the Gospel of Luke. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
1: Let us pray. What mortal tongue can speak the mystery of this night Oh, God, send your spirit upon us, human hearts, human minds, human souls. Use human words to plant your word, holy, living, life-giving, life-breathing word. Amen. I do not know what path you have traveled to come here tonight or across what distance. but I am fairly certain that the road you have traveled since last Christmas Eve has been at least in part, if not in the whole, rocky. Many of you have been traveling a road which has led you at some point in the past year over terrain you would not have chosen, to a place of difficulty or turmoil or darkness. Certainly in a larger sphere, In our nation, in the world, it has been a difficult year that has led us all along a stony path. If you have been traveling a rocky road, then you have a place in this story. Every person in the story of this night is traveling a rocky road road. Several weeks ago on the first night of Advent, some of us in the church family had come to decorate God's house for the season and we gathered afterward in the sanctuary. As is our practice, we handed each person something to carry with them through the season of Advent, an Advent symbol which would help us to be mindful and watch for signs of God's coming. Not a Christmas ornament, but an Advent symbol. This year our Advent symbol was a stone or a rock. The stone was intended to be a reminder of the people who were making a difficult journey to Bethlehem across stony ground Mary and Joseph are two of those people the road they travel is not a path they have chosen on this night Mary and Joseph head to Bethlehem because of heartless greedy imperial politics Emperor Augustus craves more luxuries and he plans to finance them on the backs of his imperial subjects, carpenters like Joseph of Nazareth. Caesar Augustus has decreed that all the world should be registered, which means that the Roman soldiers are now taking a census, updating their files, so to speak, and this calls for a vast shuffling of Roman subjects across the empire, crisscrossing the empire to go to their hometowns. The decree is yet another lash from the whip of Roman oppression, a lash that causes some Israelites to rise up in violent rebellion. It is a tumultuous, frightening, dangerous time to be living in this area. But Mary and Joseph are complying with the law and they set out on foot to make the 90 mile journey to Bethlehem. Apart from the decree, Bethlehem itself is not a place most first century people go. Six six miles south of Jerusalem it is, as the prophet Micah had said, the region of the smallest, most insignificant clan of Judah. What's more, Mary and Joseph's path will land them in a stable, or more accurately, a stone cave in the side of a hill. Caves are where most animals in first century Palestine are housed. The shepherds have been traveling a rocky road, too. They live out in the stony fields, with rocks as pillows for their head. Because of their livelihood, they are cast out of polite society and cut off from community and loved ones. They are like migrant workers of our day. The paths they travel are stony indeed. Later in the story of this night, Wise men from the east will appear. The road they travel is long and arduous as well. They have been traveling it for years. Along their journey, they lose their way. And they encounter a paranoid King Herod, drunk with power, who is out to get anyone who doesn't adore him. They will be in danger. Everyone in this story is traveling a rocky road but on this night the rocky road becomes the setting for enchantment on this night the Holy One spurns highways built for emperors and palaces carved for kings and chooses different channels to enter this mortal sphere. God chooses the vessel of a voiceless woman, the landscape of a lowly tribe, the dwelling place of beasts of burden, the company of scorned peasants, the testimony of strange Foreigners. And because God does, the rocky road, the stones of affliction, the gloomy places and disparaged peoples of the earth become portals of heaven. A portal, a window, a gateway to something beyond. Look again into this scene before us so that you can catch a glimpse of what God is doing. God's new day is taking shape even now. That promised reign of peace, when enemies live together, when the weak and the lowly are lifted up and the mighty, arrogant, haughty ones are brought down. When, as scripture says, there will be healing among the nations. And multitudes from every race and tribe will kneel before the Lord. Who doesn't want this? It is all happening here if you know how to look, see, Peasants and kings mingle and stand together on level ground. A woman and a man in holy partnership, equal before God. Hebrew peasants and Arabic princes dwelling together in peace and all kneeling before the Holy One in wonder, love, and praise. Is this not the stuff of our deepest longings and hopes? Not everyone will see. Not all will notice the portal that has opened. And so many will live oblivious to the miracle that Earth's hour of deepest darkness is over. The world has turned towards the dawn. Through a gateway of a manger, divine love slips from eternity into time and space and infuses it with the energy and the light and the power of God's realm never to be removed. Not everyone will see, but some will. And when we do, the enchantment may stun us into silence, as it does to Mary, or set our feet dancing like the shepherds, or disrupt and disturb the powers of the earth like the wise men see. In any case, these travelers will go forth, transformed by the beauty of what they have encountered, to be sure these travelers will all return to familiar landscapes and their roads will still be rough. The way they travel now will be changed. They will go forth sensing what C.S. Lewis knew, that there's more to the world than meets the jaundiced eye. For someone with eyes to see and the courage to explore, even a rock can be a doorway into another world. A couple of months ago, the daily news was filled with wrenching events as once again, many people were killed. I woke to find a text from a woman who was crying out from her bones. There is so much sadness in the world now More than ever, she said, but where is God? In a cave in Bethlehem, God has answered that lament. Look for me in your Bethlehems, the places you want to avoid but cannot. Don't look for me in some remote, sanitized location beyond the difficulties, the horrors, the failures, the disappointments and struggles that this sinful world sets upon you. Look for me in the exact places of your loneliness, your want, your fear, your shame, your hunger, your gloom. For that is where I choose to enter. Find me there. This week, someone from our congregation had emergency surgery in Philadelphia. His wife texted to let us know Since we could not get to them in time to pray with them, I texted back. Emmanuel is near to you, I said. Look for him there. She answered, he's right here holding our hands. In a hospital corridor, she found A portal. If you and I were to go to Bethlehem of Judea today, you would see a town that is in many ways like the Bethlehem of Jesus' birth. The 25,000 people who live there still experience harsh effects from government decrees. Within the city of Bethlehem, there are two refugee camps, a visible sign of the turmoil of the region. The road to and from Bethlehem is still difficult to travel. Bethlehem lies on the West Bank. It is separated from Jerusalem by the Israeli security wall. Multiple checkpoints must be crossed to go in or out of Bethlehem for school, for doctor's appointments, for jobs, hospital visits. But the Christ child still enters. His manger is a beleaguered, impoverished congregation, Christmas Lutheran Church. While many people have fled the town, the pastor and congregation have committed to remain there. They declare, in the context of hopelessness and despair, our purpose is to create room for hope. In other words, to be a portal And they are. They started a university so that Palestinians would not have to go to school beyond the barrier. Rev. Mitri Raheb says, There is too much politics, too much religion, and not enough faith. So they have built a community cultural center with classes for music, art, dance, and theater, for residents of all faiths. Begun in 1995 with eight chairs and a desk, the University and Cultural Center is now the third largest employer in the region under occupation on the West Bank. Like that first community of hope that formed around the manger, This community of hope recognizes no economic distinctions or racial or religious division. And people from all over the world are drawn to the bright stars of Bethlehem peace conferences. The rocks and stones The scars and struggles of Bethlehem have become portals through which the world finds a glimpse of God's new day. Christ is still being born in this and every Bethlehem. The astonishing news of this marvelous night and every night since then, is that the rocky road is the path God chooses to travel. And the hard, dark caverns of this life are love's dwelling place. Heaven is intertwined with earth Now, on the rocky road, anything can happen and does. Perhaps a rock is a Christmas ornament after all. Amen. Let us pray. We have come because we are longing to see where we are blind. Clear our vision and show us. Show us, O oh God. Amen.